Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. Big win tonight. I'm a happy Nets fan, proud Nets fan. The Nets beat the Hawks 113-105 on the road. I forgot to announce on YouTube, but I finally put up the podcast version of this. So if you're a Nets fan and you're interested and you like podcasts, search MTN Nets Podcast. should be on there. Leave a nice review if you will. Anyway, let's talk about tonight's game. I mean, I was a little nervous in the first quarter, not going to lie. You know, it started out like 10-2 Atlanta, like every Nets game starts, it feels like. And just sometime around the third quarter, the Nets really just kind of zoned in on defense, and especially the fourth quarter. I mean, Atlanta had 14 points in the fourth quarter. The Nets' defense in the fourth was unbelievable, led by James Johnson and Nick Claxton. And for some reason, Nick Claxton did not play in the first half. I don't understand why. He seemed to be a difficult matchup for Trey Young, so I don't know why exactly it took the Nets so long to put him in there, but we saw a lot more Nick Claxton and really no LaMarcus Aldridge in the fourth quarter. But I will say this was a big rebound coming off the Houston loss a couple nights ago. It was disappointing. I know KD and Aldridge were having a rest day, but it was still disappointing to lose at Houston there. James Harden did not play well in that game. So we'll talk about Harden later, but let's just start with the overall game and what happened here. So there's more uh, good than bad in a game like this, but I'll just go over a couple things that I was not really a fan of tonight. The second chance points for the Hawks were too many. I mean, we saw literally like three possessions where Trey Young got his own rebound and and put the layup back in. You can't have that with Trey Young. It's just, it's ridiculous. John Collins had a couple offensive rebounds leading to second chance points. And Atlanta actually outscored the Nets 17 to 10 on second chance points, so you don't want to see that. Um, the Nets had 14 or 13 turnovers, but only three in the second half, so they really cleaned that up. Uh, James Harden had a few really bad ones. I mean, we've kind of been accustomed to that as Nets fans, unfortunately. And another bad part was the Nets' offense was just so stale in the first two quarters. Like the first and second quarter, I was like concerned. Like the Nets were making no threes. They had one free throw attempt in the first half, and if you want to blame the refs, go for it. But I just think the Nets were kind of not being aggressive enough at some points. Were there some missed calls, maybe? But the Nets were not shooting well from three in this game. They only shot 26% on uh, from three on the game, so that definitely was not good. But they definitely did a better job in the second half on offense, just driving, penetrating, and finding the open guy. There was more ball movement, finding the open cutter. We saw some James Johnson layups and things like that. We saw some good looks for Kevin Durant, which, of course, we're used to by this point. Nick Claxton had a couple thunderous dunks. He had one where he just turned around and threw it down right on top of somebody. Um, you know, He almost fell down afterwards, and KD was hyped. So Nick Claxton was really good in this game, I'm not going to lie. And the way he was playing on defense up until the very end, and we know Nick Claxton's had a bit of a, a conditioning issue not really the most conditioned guy. So, you know, about 10 minutes into him playing for 10 minutes straight, Nick Claxton let up a couple baskets to Trey Young, but that's no surprise. But for the most part, Nick Claxton was awesome in this game, especially on defense, playing against uh, the Atlanta Hawks all-star point guard and kind of limiting him in the second half. Like, he was really good um, on the perimeter defense. And, you know, Nick Claxton, I know he's 6'10", 6'11", but the way he can guard every position, um, sometimes he has trouble with the stronger centers in this league, but he can guard point guards at a very high level like we saw him kind of clamp up Dame Lillard in in a game at Portland last year down the stretch and now we're seeing him do well against Trey Young so we know what Nick Claxton is capable of it's just he has some injury history of course and not the most conditioned guy once again but it seems like Nick Claxton the past couple games here has really figured something out so as long as this continues 
the Nets should be in a good spot, and he will definitely help this team on the defensive end and hopefully finish around the basket because James Harden, as we know from the days when he played with, uh, with Clint Capella, is very good at lob passes. So if we can find that connection with Nick Claxton and James Harden on offense, that would help a lot as well. So Kevin Durant, we, we just don't, like, I, I think as Nets fans, we appreciate the guy very much, but like, it, it's still not talked about enough as to how great he is. Now, he in the first half got really heated at the refs for not getting calls. He slammed the floor at one point, and I really thought there were a couple times when KD was going to pick up a technical. He did later in the game when he got in Trey Young's face, but I did think at one point in the first half, actually a couple points, that Kevin Durant might actually get a technical. But in this game, he was awesome. Kevin Durant was only 1 of 4 from 3, but 12 of 22 from the field, 6 of 7 at the line, 5 rebounds, 6 assists, and 31 points overall. But what he did on defense was great. He had a couple of really great blocks one in the first quarter on Trey Young he sent that into the seats and there was one that was a very key play in this game I forget the exact score the Nets might have been up three here late in the fourth quarter crunch time about two three minutes to go and he had a chase down block on somebody then of course our old friend uh, Timothy Luau Cabarro missed two layups in a row and the Nets cut the ball back so Kevin Durant not only made a big difference on the offensive end as he always does but this man played tremendous defense and played 38 minutes tonight James Harden actually played 41 minutes and, and Harden wasn't it's it's tough to really grade James Harden tonight because there were like three turnovers he had that were so bad he had one in the first quarter just one of the most careless passes where he was bringing the ball up the court he was behind half court throws a lob pass just like to get the ball up the floor and, and get the ball in transition to Patty Mills but it was intercepted it looked like a pick six honestly except it's you know the NBA not the NFL but he had a lazy pass like that. He had a couple where he lost the ball. There was one against Kevin Herter. He just lost the ball, and I think it went out of bounds. Like he, he had a couple of really just careless, bad James Harden turnovers, and Harden did have six turnovers in this game. I'll say five because I'm, I don't want to count that last one when they basically held the ball because the shot clock was expiring. I, I don't count that. So he had five turnovers. I know Kevin Durant had five turnovers too, but it seemed like a lot of James Harden's were lazy. Kevin Durant's were because the defense telegraphed where he was going with the ball. James Harden had about three of those five uh, turnovers, well, three or six technically, um, were just very lazy and just very avoidable turnovers. But Harden did have 20 points, had 11 assists, had five rebounds, and they were good rebounds. They were not the typical, like, you know, let the ball hit the floor and give James Harden his stats type rebounds. There were, there were some really good rebounds in there, so I'll give James Harden credit. Four of four from the line. But the problem is James Harden was over 5 from 3. He was 8 of 17 from the field. And it just seems like James Harden can't find that three-point stroke. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on. You know, in Houston, he was never a very high percentage shooter because he took so many damn shots and so many of them were contested. But I don't know what his numbers are in the season. I can try and look real quick. But James Harden from three-point territory, I feel like has not been the same guy we have been used to seeing over the past decade or so. So on the season, Harden shooting 34.6% from three. That's probably entering tonight. So it's probably lower now. Maybe he's in the 33% territory. And on his career, he's at 30 so right now he is you know just about a little less than two uh, two percent off from his career numbers it's not horrendous it's not like James Harden is shooting 27 percent from three or something but the amount this guy shoots you would hope that more go in and I, I do think he'll find his stroke eventually but you do wonder like is he getting his legs under him because we know about the hamstring issue and I'm kind of tired of the excuses by this point with Harden but um, you still have to think he's probably still trying to find himself didn't have much of an offseason to uh 
to play. It was more rehab this offseason with the hamstrings. So I try to be fair to Harden, but hopefully the jump shot does come around for him at some point. He's shooting more mid-range shots. He shot like one or two tonight. Uh, we barely saw those in Houston. So the Nets obviously have a lot of mid-range guys, LaMarcus, Katie, and, and whatnot. So uh, Bruce Brown as well, if you want to count the floaters. So we've seen some mid-range attempts here for James Harden here in this 2021-2022 season. Let me give a shout out to Bruce Brown, man. Holy crap, what a game. Bruce Brown, I'll get to Cam Thomas later, but but Bruce Brown was awesome. Six of nine, 15 points, a plus six, and... You know, it doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but the way this guy was playing defense was great, and he was on Trey Young at some points, did really well. He was sometimes playing some post-defense. The only matchup he really had problems with was Danilo Gallinari, and Bruce Brown, as we know, is like the 6'4", 6'5", center, however tall he is, and, you know, Gallinari's what, 6'9", 6'10", he's a, he's a big guy. So that was a tough matchup, you know, when Gallinari kind of faced him up from 10 feet away, but outside of that, I mean, honestly, Bruce Brown played terrific defense. He was 2-2 from the line. He made a three-point shot, once again, six of nine. And Bruce Brown has kind of been inefficient with his field goal percentage this year. But for some reason, this game, he was on fire. And it's been more of a DeAndre Bembry season, more than a Bruce Brown season so far this year. And it seemed like DeAndre Bembry's really taken over the spot of Bruce Brown once Brown kind of left a few games with the hamstring issue. But I don't know, tonight may be the night where Bruce Brown may get his spot back. Because I'll tell you what, DeAndre Bembry, as much as I love him, he wasn't that impressive the past few games. I will say, he's kind of like losing his luster here. So if Bruce Brown continues to play like this, I mean, my goodness, I mean, he might actually get his starting job back at some point, because if he if he plays like this, it's going to be tough to actually keep him on the bench. So, you know, Bruce Brown for a stretch was not very effective. He was kind of hurting the Nets at some points. But now if he plays like this more often, you can't expect this every night, but just plays near this level. Bruce Brown will probably be once again, a regular part of the rotation and possibly start once again. We got some minutes from Paul Millsap, Javon Carter. Carter played four, Millsap played eight against his former team. Team. Nothing impressive out of those guys. Bembry only played 11 minutes and didn't make much of an impact whatsoever. And Bembry, you could tell right away, was not going to be a good matchup for Trey Young. Like, Trey Young was having his way when Bembry was on him. So, a lot of times they would just have a screen, and, and Trey Young had the two on one downhill in the paint. It was either Trey Young floater or lob to Capella, and it just seemed like Bembry could not recover on those screens. So, it, it was just not a good defensive matchup here for Bembry. Um, I'm sure Bembry will still be in the rotation, but as for starting next game, that's a wait and see. I feel like Bruce Brown may have earned his spot back after tonight, but we'll see how it goes. LaMarcus Aldridge had a quiet 15 points. It, it's hard to remember because Aldridge didn't play in the fourth quarter, I believe. It was all Nick Claxton, as I mentioned, and James Johnson. So we didn't see a lot of LaMarcus Aldridge in this uh, in the second half, but he was 7 of 10 from the field, 15 points. You know, his defense wasn't tremendous. He did have a block, I think, in the first quarter, but um, he actually had three. Wow, three blocks and three steals. I'm wrong. I, I don't know what I was watching, but yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge had three steals and three blocks. Wow, okay, so that was a lot better than I thought he did, but... You know, I guess Clint Capella did not affect the game too much, so maybe I'm not giving Aldridge enough credit there. But yeah, he, based on the stat sheet, played really good. So, Patty Mills had a couple nice shots. He was 4 of 11, 11 points in this game. Played 32 minutes, which is a lot. So, uh, Patty Mills definitely got some run. I do miss Joe Harris, I will say. It's easy to forget about Joe Harris, you know, in the midst of the Kyrie Irving's um, drama. It's easy to forget that the Nets are without Joe Harris. And I will say, I don't have the percentages in front of me, but the Nets have been way worse as a three-point shooting team since Joe Harris 
Harris has not been here, and I don't know how much longer it will take Harris to come back. I'm assuming a couple weeks at least. So, you know, Patty Mills has been doing a good job for the most part of picking up the slack, but it's tough to replace a guy like Joe Harris who shoots like 45, 46% from three. It's very hard to replace that. Joe Harris definitely has his limitations, and he has annoyed us at times and has you know, kind of cost us the Milwaukee series last year, but Joe Harris is a guy that I miss for sure, and I do think he opens up this offense a lot, and he definitely improves the spacing. Like, the spacing when Joe Harris is out there as compared to Bembry is so much different, because teams do not respect Bembry offensively. He's a slasher. Sometimes he'll catch guys sleeping and kind of, you know, have like a backdoor dunk or something like that, but Joe Harris always has to keep a guy around him, because if you leave Joe Harris open, we know the type of damage he can do from the three-point line. James Johnson offensively, not the most impressive, you know, two for seven, four points in this game. But James Johnson defensively was, once again, a guy that can defend all positions. I say it every time. And he was big in this game. I definitely noticed some plays where James Johnson played the passing lanes. He actually had three steals in this game. Yeah, so he was doing really well in the passing lanes, had eight rebounds. Like he was doing some of the dirty work in this game as James Johnson has been doing for all of his career. Forgot to mention Cam Thomas, man. Cam Thomas, four of nine, three of four from three. He made some big shots. There was a three-point shot he hit in this game that was a big momentum change in this game. I think the score was like 87-90. The Nets were down three, and um, Cam Thomas hit a shot to tie the game, and I don't think the Nets looked back ever since. I think the Nets had the lead ever since that shot, or maybe it was something like that, but it was a big shot for Cam Thomas, and if he can, like, you know, they talked about in the broadcast, Cam Thomas has been working on his catch-and-shoot three-point shot. If he can get that down, I mean, you know, this, this guy will definitely have a spot in this rotation, especially if Kyrie Irving does not actually return this year, but Cam Thomas, even if Kyrie does return, I think Cam Thomas has earned a spot on this team. Obviously, Obviously, if Kyrie's here, we're not going to see Cam Thomas play 25 minutes most nights like he did tonight, unless guys take a night off, but in the playoffs, I mean. So Cam Thomas, though, was really good in this game, and if he continues to play like this, um, I will be thrilled. Obviously, he's a very young guy. He's barely 20 years old, rookie. Um, if he can continue to shoot like this and actually help this team offensively the way he has, it will help this team a lot. And he wasn't even like bad defensively. I, I think Cam Thomas held his own defensively in this game for the most part. Um, I don't remember him being like a really, you know, liability on defense at any point, really. So Cam Thomas has not, didn't come into the league known for his defense, but it has not, it has not hurt the net so far. His defense has been fine. And the way this kid can score the ball, he has definitely earned more of a spot on this team and definitely is a part of the rotation now, as we know. He's definitely, you know, one of the first guys off the bench now. So as I mentioned, the Nets were 6 of 23 from 3, 26%, but they were 15 of 16 from the line, so they made up for it there. But the Nets really did not take that many three-point shots. Like, taking 23 three-pointers in 2021 is not a lot. But the Nets did set a... I think a team record for this year of most points in the paint. The Nets had 66 points in the paint in this game. And it's weird because the Nets are not built like that. The Nets don't have like a a Joel Embiid type guy, a Carl Anthony Towns type guy. Like they don't have that. They don't have like this amazing post score. I know Aldridge can be considered that, but Aldridge definitely does some damage from outside the paint as well. Nick Claxton, of course, was big in the paint. Uh, James Johnson had a couple layups. Obviously, Kevin Durant was getting points near the near the um, near the basket, and James Harden had some layups too. So there were guys up and down this this lineup that were just doing really well at converting their layups and getting to the line at some points, as I mentioned, especially in the second half, because in the first half, they had one free throw. So they got to the line a lot more in the second half. The Nets actually outscored them 16-7 uh, to 7 on fast break points as well. We saw a couple of Kevin Durant transition buckets. There was that really beautiful sequence of 
was it Javon Carter? I think it was Javon Carter. It was Javon Carter and Bembry just passing back and forth to each other on a two-on-one. And I do believe it was Bembry, or I don't know who it was, but one of them finished a layup. It was a really nice play on a fast break. The Nets were executing their fast breaks very nicely tonight, unlike Atlanta. So that definitely was a big part of this game as well. But I will say, when the Nets were down 9, 10, 11 points in this game, I was getting a bit concerned. I was like, oh my gosh, we have no offense. Like, this is terrible. So much is on Kevin Durant's shoulders. It's not fair to him. And I'm out here just like questioning life here in the first quarter. And uh, they made a big turnaround, though. I must say they did a really good job here to close out this game. And I'm definitely proud of them. Like they did a really good job in this second half. Did Atlanta kind of beat themselves at some point? Sure. But the Nets actually did a really good job on defense and making their lives difficult. So I give the Nets just as much credit as I do to Atlanta for kind of throwing this game away. But while while I'm excited for this win and, and, and whatnot, there are definitely things that have to get ironed out and fixed with this team I talked about the second chance points and allowing the offensive rebounds that has to change and the Nets have to be more fluent offensively moving the ball and and not being so stagnant and stale and, and settling for bad shots like we do see that sometimes too so there are things to fix here but for the most part I was satisfied tonight um I was not like having a a good vibe going into this game for some reason. I saw Atlanta was favored by like a point and a half or something. So that didn't sit right with me. And the way the first quarter was going, I was just like, oh my gosh, this team is just, they might lose a few games in a row here. Like, thank God we play the Pistons next game. That's what I was saying. So Luckily, though, we got this one. We're 18-8 and eight now on the year, so definitely it's, it's a good record. I feel like they could be a bit better, but still in first place, of course. Don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but the next few games here, the Nets are at the Pistons. The Pistons are god-awful this year. I think they're like 4-16 and what, four and 16 or something this year. They stink, so the Nets beat the Pistons already once on the road. They have to do it again here. Then I guess the next two games are at home against the Pistons, but all right, so they play the Pistons on the road. Then they play the Raptors. Well, the Pistons game's on Sunday. The Raptors game is on Tuesday. The Nets go back home for the Raptors. They're home against the Sixers on a Thursday, home against the Magic, home against the Nuggets, home against the Wizards. So a few games here at home. Then they have a West Coast trip after, you know, Trailblazers, Lakers, Clippers, all that. So anyway, some easy-ish games coming up here. The Pistons, the Magic. I don't know how the Raptors are doing. I actually forget how the Raptors are doing this year. I honestly... Okay, the Raptors are 12-14. and 14, Same record as the Knicks, actually, huh? But anyway, um, all right, so they're not that good this year. But, you know, of course, the Raptors are always tough against us. I don't know why. They always seem to have our number. Um, and then, of course, Philly, who's been a bit disappointing this year. They're just above 500, so... You know, there are winnable games coming up here. If the Nets can go 3-0 the next three, that'd be great. Um, I'll take 2-1, and one, though. No, I don't want to be too greedy. And then we have a big game against the Nuggets coming up. The Nuggets haven't been, like, that great. Not as, like, not as good as they usually have been, of course. You know, not having Jamal Murray is going to uh, hurt that team. But that is kind of a good team, in my opinion. So if we can get that win against them, that'd be great. And then the, the West Coast trip coming up around Christmas time, I'm excited for, of course, the Lakers-Nets on Christmas. That's going to be a good game, of course. So I'm excited, though. Um, this Nets team is hopefully turning things around for the better. There was a little bit of a slide here, you know, losing the Houston game and then losing the, the Bulls game. They barely beat the Mavericks. So their last three games or so, even four games or five games, you know, six games, they have not really had a comfortable win since the Celtics won, you know? They lost to the Suns. They beat the Knicks by two. They barely beat Minnesota. Lost to the Bulls. They beat the Mavericks by a few points. And then, of course, you know, lost to the Rockets. Then they won tonight by eight points, which is a decent win, but it definitely came down to the wire there. So the Nets have not had a comfortable win in a while. Hopefully against the Pistons, who once again are not a good team, they can have a comfortable victory there on Sunday um, as I watch the Giants lose simultaneously 
with that game. So anyway, that'll do it for the video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed. Once again, subscribe to the podcast or follow it, whatever it's called nowadays, and hopefully you guys enjoy. And I'll talk to you guys next time.